Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Real Truth with Ruth. I am so glad you're here to join us today. And I have one of my favorite people here with us today, Robert Hotkins. Thank you so much for being with us today. Ruth, I'm excited. We need real truth. So this is going to be great. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah, I've I've slowly gotten to know Robert over the years and we just have a relationship that's developing where we can be real, we can be authentic, we can can talk about tough issues. And and so you guys get to jump in and and eavesdrop on a little bit of that, you know, with permission, of course, as, as, uh, as we just have a conversation today. So we're so glad that all of you guys are with us too. Again, we welcome you. So let me tell you a little bit about Robert. He, I'll tell you on a personal perspective, he is a mighty man of God, a powerhouse in the kingdom of heaven, and just a real lover, 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 lover of Jesus and of humankind. And so, but now that's, that's my intro, my personal intro. So let me tell you what, what his website says about him, because here's the official bio. I just could tell you he's a really great guy. So, but he is also, besides being an incredible human being and a powerhouse for the kingdom of heaven, he is a minister. He is a speaker. He is an author. He has some fantastic books out there. And he is the founder of Men on the Front Lines and also Robert Hodgkin's Ministries. He serves as one of the core leaders of Patricia King's Ministries. He hosts the weekly Hero Arise podcast, and he co-hosts the show Propel with Patricia King. He's a regular guest and co-host of Supernatural Life on God TV. He fervently believes that every Christian is, I love this, listen to this. He fervently believes that every Christian is a miracle working explosion of the kingdom waiting to happen. I should hear you guys yelling yes and amen in agreement with that statement right there. I love it. His preaching, teaching, and ministry inspire believers to grab hold of their restored relationship with the Father through the finished work on the cross and walk in the fullness of their authority as dominion agents of impact in the earth. As I already said, he's a passionate lover of Jesus Christ, and that passion is contagious. It truly is. He ministers with strong faith, releasing revelation, prophetic decrees, healings, miracles, and the love of God. He's a true carrier of the glory and revival. And I can just attest to what I'm going to say here. People have been healed, refreshed, set free, and empowered through his life. And he believes for heaven to impact lives and regions everywhere he goes. And I have seen the fruit of that, Robert. I just need, want you to know that I have seen the fruit of, you know, you're walking in that, in that sphere of influence, you know, in, that, in the God-given realm. And when we walk in the way that God has, has called us to walk, when we find that place, it changes everything. And I was listening to your testimony earlier, and you shared a little bit about that initial journey and, and coming to know the Lord and actually repositioning yourself. Can you just give everyone like a Cliff Notes version of that? I would just love for them to hear, you know, some people have friends, family who are struggling, who don't know the Lord. And I really think you could speak into that uh, for some people right now. For sure. I am living proof that God can reach anybody. For almost four decades, I was a mocker and persecutor of Christians. Um, I won't go into great detail about it, but I was about as far away from being a Christian as you could imagine. 
And then when I was living in Montana at the time, outside the cab, my cabin, I was splitting wood and the presence of the Lord manifested and declared to me, I refuse not to love you. And that changed everything. Wow. The God that I mocked and made fun of for almost four decades showed up and declared complete and total love and acceptance of me. And that began my, my journey, my walk, my love affair with Jesus. Um, the next day I had another encounter with his presence and I invited him into my heart and he came flooding into me. And I have been very different ever since and continue to change and grow. I'm far from done. But mm -hmm. there was such a radical change in me, especially in my love for God and my love for Jesus and my, my desire to profess him to everyone everywhere, that most of my family um, um, didn't know what to do with me, kind of disowned <laughs> me. They thought I joined a cult and been brainwashed. And in fairness to them, it was <laughs> a 180 degree turn. I look back on it now. God's restored our relationship. We're great. But I totally understand where they were coming from because it was but it can be that radical a change that quickly. One revelation away, as our friend Patricia King always says, and I'm living proof of it. You know, I love that because so often we read the story of Paul. Here was this persecutor of, of Christians with a radical moment, a face-to-face -face encounter with God, you know, shall we say, or shall we say a loud voice in a bright light. And, and it changed everything. It turned him upside down, inside out, and totally changed the trajectory of his life. And we could read that and, and kind of just leave it there on the page. And yet here you are sharing a very similar testimony of, of being a, a mocker of the kingdom of heaven and just having that that moment, that, that God ordained moment, that encounter that changed everything. And you know, one of the things that, that, that he used to lead me there or, or that was, was part of my being led there is I'd had a fairly, a fairly successful career in the creative side of big budget advertising. I was living a kind of semi-retired life in my thirties in Montana, still freelancing for agencies around the country. I had my own uh, uh, advertising business as well, but I had achieved almost everything that I was told would make me happy. And yet there were still holes in my heart. I had been involved in new age and things like that. And, you know, the, the great lie of the new age, I didn't realize it at the time, but the great lie of the new age and human potential and mysticism and the occult is you can become a more effective Lord of your own life. But no matter what we learn, no matter what disciplines, no matter what, what at some point we realize there's still this God shaped hole in our heart. I didn't know that's what the hole was, but no matter what I achieved, no matter what I had, there was still this emptiness, emptiness in me until that moment, the Lord manifests. And I don't know why he waited 40 years, almost 40 years, but I know his yeah. timing's perfect because he knows each of us so perfectly well. So for everybody out there believing for a prodigal, keep praying. It's having an effect and that moment will come. Wow. I love that. You know, with everything going on right now, it seems like there's a lot of um, stuff rising to the surface. It seems like there's a lot of exposure of maybe those who have said they're following the Lord. And yet, you know, as we're shaking just everything, you know, without getting too political, without getting, you know, too into how everyone feels about the pandemic, that whole thing. But it just seems like when we take the world and put everything together, we have all this shaking going on right now. And so I think it really is important to hear that for your prodigals or those who you felt knew the Lord and have wandered away, do not give up hope. But also in the midst of this shaking, what are some of the things that you see happening um, in, in various spheres? I mean, you could talk about the family, you know, wherever the Holy Spirit leads you. Like, what are some of the key things that you see happening in this season? 
Well, exactly what you said is exactly what God is up to. He's shaking everything that can be shaken, but it's, mm -hmm. it's not under the shaking. It's under a purpose. And that purpose obviously is so the unshakable can be revealed. So the kingdom of God and the eternal can be revealed. But one of the main things I'm seeing right now that we are seeing on so many fronts is God is making it very clear that the systems of man will fail us, that we mm -hmm. cannot rely on the systems of man, whether that's a political system, whether that's, you know, media, whatever it is. And it's not that we're to be bitter and turn our hearts hard against that, but we're to realize that the systems of man are not the solution. And what God is really doing, I believe, Ruth, is rewaking us up to the truth of Genesis 1, 26 through 28. He is reminding us that one of the reason all these systems that are failing us now got built up is because we weren't really inhabiting in every sphere of influence our role of ruling and reigning in the earth with him and on his behalf. He's not mad at us. He's not punishing us. He's giving us a way up opportunity. These shakings are like an alarm clock. And he's saying, I want my church to wake up because I have great things for you to do. What I see most of all that's going on right now in the shakings is we are in the midst of an Exodus 14 moment where God is allowing us to clearly see the workings of the enemy, the forces of the enemy on so many fronts. But because of that, we need to realize two things. One, God is allowing us to see the enemy as because it's a divine setup for the enemy to be destroyed. But we have a role to play in that. We can unpack that more if you want. But we have a role to play in that. And the first thing we have to do is watch over how we respond. We don't want to respond like most of Israel and murmur and complain and attack one another and blame God and blame, you know, play the blame game and the right. self-pity game. We want to respond like Moses and turn our hearts to God and say, God, I know who you are. Thank you for reminding who, who I am. And now show me what I am to do to participate with you in this season, because what it's unto is the enemy being completely, utterly and totally destroyed. Let me ask you a question. Um, as I talk to a lot of believers, even though they will say God's faithful, he's got a plan for this, there's something else coming, the level of fear that there seems to be like that, it, it just feels like as everything unfolded, and again, just everything, this blanket of fear just began to, to fall. And so what would you say to the body of Christ, those who are really struggling with fear and how do they, they get free from the fear so that they can really begin to see and partner with what God is doing in this season? Well, we know the answer to fear is God's perfect love. It casts out all fear. Now, that's an easy thing to say. So what does that mm -hmm. look like? Right. That means spending time in the word, spending time in worship, doing all those things. The kingdom is simple. It's not always easy, but it is simple. My favorite example is where it says, put on the garment of praise to lift off the spirit of heaviness. That's simple. But yep. I know when I have been under that oppression of the enemy, sometimes the last thing I want to do is praise. I want to <laughs> murmur. I want to complain. I yep. want to feel sorry for myself. The kingdom's simple. It's not always easy. But when I make myself and I have this little ritual I do every day, this routine of where I make myself 10 times say, praise the Lord, oh, my soul and all that is within me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One. And I count them off. And somewhere along that that 10, it breaks off of me. So right now, what we have to do is we've got to rule and reign over ourselves. Everything mm -hmm. that's going on right now is a divine setup for 
us to step back into our role as dominion stewards in the earth. Mm -hmm. Everything looks the way it does in our governments, in our media, in our families, and you name it, and our school and education systems, because we have made the mistake of thinking, knowing we're of the kingdom, but letting that get twisted of we're of the kingdom. So we're to disengage with the world. Mm -hmm. It's the exact opposite. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. We are, and this is Matthew 16, where Jesus says, now I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom to loose into the earth what's been loosed from heaven, to bind in the earth what's been bound from heaven. And this isn't God saying, hang your heads, you've blown it. This is God saying, I am waking you up and reminding you not only of who I am, but God wants to wake the church up to who we are. And that's not hubris. That's not pride. That's not saying God isn't sovereign. God is absolutely sovereign. But what he's reminding us of is since day six, we've been part of his sovereign plan. So this circles back to your question about the fear, fear. I had an encounter with God. Oh my gosh, eight or 10 years ago. And I, I, I released a prophetic word and I look back on it now and I was actually a little ahead of the curve, but the Lord spoke to me and said, watch the enemy is going to use fear as his major wow. weapon in the coming days. Now I released that word and I have to be honest, I looked around and thought it doesn't seem like he's increased mm-hmm. it, but I was ahead of the curve. We look now it's everywhere. Why does he use fear? Because fear, fear, the enemy likes to use fear because it's a, it's a trap. It's a temptation to take on a victim mentality. Because when we are afraid, we're afraid because we have decided we're victims, not victors. Now, I'm not saying there aren't serious things that are going on, but when we see those serious things and don't realize it's not the enemy winning, it's God highlighting to us what the enemy is doing Mm -hmm. so we can step into our role of authority as dominion stewards in the earth and co-labor with God to his glory to see those things torn down. So I think some people probably don't understand the term dominion stewards. So I agree with everything you're saying. It's so powerful. But can you just expound on that a little bit in case we have some listening to us who just don't understand what that term means? That's a great question because it's a it's a phrase God coined with me a few years ago, and it comes out of Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28, when God makes us in his image and then um, um, tells us to rule and reign in the earth and take dominion over all creation. So it's God's kingdom, it's God's rule and reign, but we are his dominion stewards. We operate in his authority by the power of his Holy Spirit to his glory to advance his kingdom in the earth. And the kingdom is where the king has domain and dominion is his rule and reign and he deputizes us in his power, by the, by, in his authority, by the power of his Holy Spirit to operate as those who steward his mm-hmm. dominion. We are representatives of God. So we are advancing his kingdoms in the earth. I call it agent of impact, call it dominion yeah. steward, but it's our Genesis 1, 26 through 28 role. And it's been interesting because there's been a lot of teaching and that you know, Satan has all authority on the earth. And, you know, that whole, I think that's really been an assignment against the body of Christ to hold us from stepping into, keep us back from stepping into exactly what you're talking about. Um, You know, when, when we look at how we were created, when we look at the power of the cross, you know, it's like we were given this wonderful gift, this mandate, um, this power and this authority, and we don't know how to appropriate it. And so 
you know, it's just how, how would you, let's say somebody's sitting there, somebody who's listening to us is sitting there going, I don't know how to even begin to step into this. Why don't you give them just a few little keys to really begin to, you know, like this is a new concept. Wait a minute. I have power. I have authority. I'm a, I'm, you know, a child of the King. You know, I, I know what Genesis says. This is like an aha moment. Can you just give them like a few keys as to how to start to really appropriate that and step into that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually about halfway through a book uh, on this exact topic because <laughs> what we need is this discipling. This is a great question because it's the season to do it. And really, it kind of boils down to what we see in Exodus 14 when mm -hmm. Moses says, hey, don't, don't worry. God's going to fight on our behalf. You won't have to even lift a finger. Now, mm -hmm. God basically comes out and gives him a slight correction. He, he comes out and basically is saying to him, love your moxie, love your faith, but a minor correction. I do need you to lift up your hand and extend your staff. It's my mm -hmm. power. It's my authority. But since day six, the plan has been for him to co-labor with us. Right. One of the places we see this is that when we see in Genesis that, that God came and walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden or the, in the garden in the cool of the evening. Mm -hmm. What's going on there? It's discipling. Right. So as he puts Adam and Eve in place to rule and reign in the garden and expand the kingdom in the earth, each in the cool of the evening, he would come and walk with them and talk mm -hmm. with them and mentor them. How'd your day go? What happened? What did you see? Here's how to respond. It's the exact same thing that Jesus invites the original believers to. Right. When he sees um, James and John and Simon and Andrew believe, he says, come and follow me. He doesn't say, mm -hmm. come and believe in me. He says, come right. and follow me. He sees that they believe. So what's he inviting them to? A walk with him, mm -hmm. just like the father did with Adam and Eve, to be discipled. He wants to teach them how to operate in kingdom authority. John 14, 12, for anybody who thinks that's hubris, Jesus himself said, you will do the works that I did in even greater works because I go to be with the father. Everything Jesus did for us at the cross was to absolve us of our sin, to, to be the propitiation for our sins. Why? So we could be restored to relationship with our Heavenly Father, but also so we can be filled with His Holy Spirit, because holy can't commune with unholy. So That's it wasn't right. just the forgiveness of sins. It wasn't only restoration of relationship. It was so we could be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and together become the body of Christ in the earth to rule and reign. Because what Jesus is, what our God is looking for, what King Jesus is looking for are believers who are willing to be discipled. And then the disciples become the apostles. Once mm -hmm. they've learned, and they're not perfect at it, but you right. believe, then you say yes to the invitation to walk with God, be discipled by him, learn from him through his word, through through prayer, through through intimacy. But then, then you be, realize, okay, that's not even the end. I'm to be an apostle. I'm to be sent out to express his presence, his power, and his personality to all the world. So it begins with, I, I have the duh anointing, Ruth. God keeps it simple for me. <laughs> so it, for me, it begins with sitting and saying, Lord, here I am. Send me. Uh -huh. Yes. I say yes to walking with you. I say yes to being discipled by you. Lord, you know me better than I know myself. Show me. Give me the keys. Give mm -hmm. me the steps. Um, I believe he's inviting all of us on an Abram step-by-step -step journey in this year because it's that walk of discipleship under ruling and reigning in the earth. 
I, I just love that. And I actually love and, and can relate to your DA anointing because <laughs> I, I have this, I have that same one. And, uh, you know, with that, I think one of the things I've had to learn over the years is not to compare what God's called me to do with what he's called somebody else to do. You know, we each have, I love how you put it like Abraham, that, that step-by-step walk. And I actually posted a little meme the other day and I just put, when was the last time God did something exactly the way you thought he should in the exact time frame that you thought he should, you know, I, I just, you know, it's just that step-by-step and he doesn't give us the full clarity of the journey, does he? No, you know, I was in prayer the other morning. I was actually sorting through this exact thing with God. What it looks like for me is being very real with God. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 he's given me these revelations. I'm still very much learning to walk in them. But for me, a lot of it boils down to the other morning, I was wrestling through some disappointments, some discouragement, mm-hmm. some confusion. And I sat with God and said, Lord, I know what you've spoken to me. I'm a little confused right now. I'm, I'm a little discouraged right now. Mm-hmm. I give all of that to you. And he spoke to me out of John 5, the very beginning mm-hmm. of John 5, the, the story of the man by the pool of Bethesda, where we all know the story. The guy is looking for the healing. God is doing something yeah. good. He sends the angel to stir the waters and the first one and gets healed. And this guy for 38 years has been lame and he's a little discouraged and confused because he can't get help. But now Jesus himself is in front of him and says, do you want to be healed? And he says, well, yeah, sure, but I can't because, and he explains the whole thing. He can't be the first one in. There's no one there to help him. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, don't be so focused on the good I've been doing that you miss the great I want to do. Wow. And what does that boil down to? This guy, his eyes was on God. His eyes was on the good God was doing through an agent of the kingdom, an angel coming and stirring the waters. But he was so focused on the good God had been doing that he didn't even recognize God was in front of him wanting to do something something even more personal and even greater. And I think that's one of the things that we have to do right now is what you're saying is we are to expect God, but we have Mm -hmm. to be careful that we don't expect our expectations of God. Wow. That's powerful. And, and what a great analogy to bring in. You know, we'd love to support everything by scripture. That is our plumb line. That's our standard. And, and just to, Uh, bring in, you know, the man sitting there by the pool and looking with a certain expectation. And and there was, there was a healer right there. I mean, think about that. He was right there. And, and the guy he was missing. And how often do we miss when Jesus is standing right there? I know I'm guilty of it, you know? And, and so that's, that's really, oh my gosh, that's, that's so good. Even for, and I know not all of your viewers will agree with me on this, and that's okay. I love them. I'm willing to admit I might be wrong. But to my mind, I see that in many ways, God used President Trump for the last four years. And I know many people were wanting to stand for righteousness when they looked Mm -hmm. at the two candidates they saw, and the two platforms, I should say, not the candidates, not the parties, but the platform. One was much more pro-God, pro-Israel, pro-church, pro-life, and the Mm -hmm. other stood pretty much against that. And I know there was was disagreement in the body over this, but for Mm -hmm. those who were thinking, well, God has to, if, if President Trump doesn't get back in, we're doomed. Well, no, of course not, because our hope's not in a man, our hope's in God. But that doesn't also mean for those who saw God do good things through President Trump in all of his flaws, Mm -hmm. in all of his flaws, God still used him, in my opinion, to do some good things over the last Mm -hmm. four years. We can't be so focused on the good God did that we're just going to give up and go, 
well, what we were thinking wasn't going to happen. And what the prophet spoke was didn't happen. So it's all over. No, we need to look to God and say, Lord, here's what's when I get confused. This is always my point of encouragement. God, I'm confused right now. So yeah. I choose to believe that means you're up to something beyond my understanding. Yep. That's exciting. And I, and I want everyone to catch the, the phraseology that Robert just used. I choose to believe totally based on scripture, totally based on the nature of God. I choose to stand with you, Lord. I choose, I am confused. I could be frustrated. I could be disappointed. I could be hurt. I could be angry. I mean, you know, we're talking a little bit about the political scene, but it goes into every area of our life. And so I choose to stand on who you are on your nature. I believe that this is not outside your control. And, and I, want, I do want to say something um, to our listeners, especially those of you who are disappointed about the election. And I've heard people say, I don't know who I, how I can pray for the current administration. Mm-hmm. God died for them also. And, right. and we can get on dicey ground when we take up the seat of judgment as opposed to praying for their, it doesn't mean that we have to like everything, but they are still you know, that God wants, God wants all of his sons and daughters to be saved. And we do have a mandate to pray for those in authority. It doesn't say pray for those in authority. If we agree with them, the Lord just says, we pray for those in authority. And there's a really um, interesting verse in Jeremiah. And I don't have the chapter and verse in front of me, but basically the people are in, in captivity and the Lord tells them to pray for the nation where they've been sent as it's captive because what happens with that nation basically impacts them. Okay, so the nation's welfare determines their welfare. And that's been a real powerful um, verse for me when I look at different nations, different governments, the way that they're acting um, when, you know, in the moments when I, when I feel like I'm losing my freedom, when things are being stripped away, I'm like, all right, I, I'm to pray for those in authority. And, and I need to pray for my nation because the welfare of my nation actually does impact me. Absolutely. You know, I look at Daniel and I've, 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 and I understand there are people out there that feel, because some people might hear what you say, Ruth, and say, well, it's not legitimate authority. It's not giving God given authority because there are some out there who believe the election was stolen. Right. Even if that's the case, even if that's the case, we still need to understand we are to pray for Mr. Biden and Mrs. Harris. We're to be praying for their salvation, for their souls. Jesus died for them. And here's something that helps me. Even if you think they are the most wicked rulers ever, and I'm not saying they are, but I know there are people out there. um, On the day of the inauguration, I posted how I was praying for the USA, Mr. Biden and Mrs. Harris that day. And some Christians really came at me hard because Mm -hmm. I was willing to pray for them. And what I answered with was, I look at Daniel. Now, Daniel served in one of the most wicked regimes yeah. ever. The, ba- the Babylonian system, literally. Yeah. Horrible. With yeah. a wicked and perverse ruler. And yet, one of the things God highlighted to me a couple of years ago was how Daniel spoke to Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. He, even when he was adamantly opposed to what was going on, he spoke with mercy, compassion, yeah. honor, and respect. Yep. And we as the church need to grow up a little bit. Amen. And, Amen. And, and get past 
at times understandable hissy fits, but have your hissy fit in your prayer closet. Let God discipline and correct you and say, hey, that's not how the kingdom of heaven works. And because the way Daniel responded, even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Mm -hmm. Daniel 3, they said, our God is so well able to save you from the wicked plans you have for us. But uh-huh. even if he does not, we will not bow down to anything of your system or your gods or your statue. But they still spoke with honor and respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, Daniel, Dan, when, when, when the, the, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the official in Nebuchadnezzar's court said, hey, Nebuchadnezzar is about to kill all the sorcerers because they can't uh-huh. figure this out. It amazes me that Daniel said, don't do that. Don't slay any of them. I'm going to go to my God and my God will give us the answer. In my flesh, I would have been like, yes, slaughter them all. (laughs) And then when you're done with that, God will show up. But but line up with. So we need to learn that we there's I don't know that there's ever been a more important time, Ruth, for us to take strong vocal stands for righteousness, truth and justice. We need to stand against wicked policies. We need Uh to invade every sphere of influence with righteousness and justice justice and truth, but we also need to do it in the character and nature of him who is righteousness, justice, and truth, because that's where the real power is. Truth and love, justice and mercy. We must wield both edges of the sword. Otherwise, it's just going to become a shouting match and that won't do any good. And and this is this is a key message for today. Because I like you gave you gave some really good keys like, okay, have your hissy fit, do it in the closet with the Lord and let him deal with you. Okay, let him deal with me. Let him, you know, I mean, that is key because our loving Heavenly Father can handle that. He can handle the hissy fit. He can work us through it and get us to the spot where our attitude, where our mindset aligns with the kingdom of heaven, where we stop fighting amongst ourselves where we, where all this division can just go away and we can truly have a unified body of Christ fighting for the things of the kingdom, bringing heaven to earth and, and ushering in the fullness of the Lord rather than tearing each other apart and tearing our leaders apart and getting, you know, getting caught on all these rabbit trails, you know, just imagine the body of Christ coming back to where we're supposed to be, which wraps back around to having dominion on the earth. That's right. Uh, you know, and, and to walking in, in the fullness. I've, I've studied um, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego also, and God spoke to me that same thing. You know, with that, speak with respect, you know, and, and honor. And you know what? We have a God who's so much bigger than all this, but we have to be willing to let him use us. Yeah. And one of the things we have to wake up to about our role in the dominion stewards in the earth is the world, our, our government, our nations, uh, they look the way they do because of us, the church. Yeah. We need yeah. to understand that none of this is happening on God's watch. It's happening on our watch. And we yeah. need to understand we can stand against wickedness without becoming wicked. I have mm-hmm. to be reminded of that. Now, I don't mean yeah. I'm going to go out and be sinful. But what I'm getting at is if we don't stand for righteousness with love and honor and mm-hmm. and, 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 and the, the way Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego did, we're, the, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So we have to be careful. One of the words God gave me for 2021 for the church is be careful what you bow down to in 2021. 
And none of us are going to go out and bow down to a, a literal statue of Baal. None of right. us want to go. Right. But we have to be careful we don't bow down to anger or frustration mm -hmm. or self-righteousness. And in the church, one of the things we have bowed down to that we have to stop doing is the accuser of the brethren. Yeah. If we would yeah. spend half as much time attacking the enemy as we do one another, the kingdom would advance at <laughs> life. Amen. That I that is good right there. That's gold. So next time any of us feel like attacking our brother or sister, we need to step back, go back into the prayer closet, have the hissy fit with God, let him deal with us and then come back out. And so, um, but yeah, we have to stop bowing down to, um, to the idols that are in our midst, to the traps that are in front of us, to the things that do not align with the word of God. Yeah. You know, just because it's socially correct or politically correct does not mean that it's biblically correct. And so, you know, that's just a real warning because I, as you said, Robert, uh, this has happened on our watch. It is, it has happened. And the first person I'm talking to is me. Yep. I have been saying to the Lord, keep me on short accounts, convict me mm -hmm. early and often. I know what I am capable of, but we really, we, we, we need to wake up to the power that we have right now. We're seeing the fruit of operating in the wrong kind of power. Right. We're seeing the fruit of operating in the power of the accuser, the brethren, the power mm -hmm. of self-righteousness, the power of anger, um, all of those things, the power of licentiousness. You know, mm -hmm. one of my key scriptures that in men on the front lines, we talk about it a lot, is Romans 5, 15 through 19. And one of the things God wants to do is wake us all up to the global mm -hmm. ministry we each have. And, and that doesn't, you don't have to have a show on God TV. You don't have to have mm -hmm. a publishing contract, but Romans 5, 15 through 19 shows the power that each of us has over all creation when we're in relationship with God. It says, because the first uh, son, uh, Adam, chose to disobey, unrighteousness entered the earth. Now, that's pretty mm -hmm. amazing. It doesn't yeah. say he was made unrighteous. He was, mm -hmm. but it says it entered the earth. But the good news is it says, because the second son, Christ Jesus, chose to obey, righteousness was made available to all. It didn't say he was Amen. made righteous. He already was. It says it's released to everyone. Mm -hmm. So we partner with the Holy Spirit to say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me operate in the character and nature of God as much as anything else. And now all of a sudden, when I'm choosing righteousness, when I'm choosing patience and peace and joy, when I'm choosing to speak with honor instead of dishonor, I'm choosing to bless, not curse. When I'm choosing to stand against wickedness, but not giving mm -hmm. place to wickedness and how I stand against it. Now I'm releasing that out into all creation. And that will make a difference. We are seeing the opposite right now. We are seeing right. darkness in the earth because we've allowed so much darkness in us and we've allowed yeah. so much darkness in the earth. But the good news is it can change like that. So Amen. when I know for me, when God convicts me early on, I would hang my head like, oh, I blew it. Now I, my head comes up and goes, oh, I have such an opportunity right now. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. turn from anger. I'm going to walk in peace. And now I'm going to stand for righteousness in the character and nature of him who is righteousness. And I know that's going out into all the earth and changing things. Amen. Amen. Well, can you believe we're out of time? This has gone so fast. I... I have so enjoyed this. So as we begin to wrap it up, uh, 
first, I'd like to have you share how people can get in touch with you. You know, you could share whatever aspects of your ministry you'd like. And then I'm going to ask you to pray, or if you have a word for everyone, I'd like you to share that. And then we'll wrap it up and, and tie it all up with a bow and, and, and push the send button. So anyways, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your ministry, how people could track you down and get in touch and where they can learn more from you. You are a phenomenal teacher and equipper. So yeah. Well, sure. Thank you. The easiest thing, the hub is roberthotchkin.com. And just my first name, Robert, my last name, Hotchkin, H-O-T-C-H-K-I-N.com. And they can get to everything from there. They can get to my YouTube channel that has hundreds and hundreds of videos for them for free. They can get to the Heroes Arise podcast. They can get to resources. They can get to everything through roberthotchkin.com. And then the word I have for everybody is... Mm -hmm. You matter, you are important, and you have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. That is a declaration God gave me a year and a half ago. We mm -hmm. say it at the top of every one of our broadcasts, but it's God's word to you. And he wants to completely set you ablaze, not only with his power and his presence, but his personality. So Father, we say yes. Mm -hmm. We say yes, because we believe in you, we say yes to stepping into discipleship. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come alongside each of us, that you baptize each of us afresh in your fire, in your wind, in your oil, in the revelation, not only of who you are in us and through us, but who we are with you and for you. And Lord, help us go out into the earth today and every day, invading every sphere of influence and coming into every situation and circumstances, carrying the fullness of who you are in the knowledge of who we are with you and for you. So we become true kingdom difference makers and solution bringers all to your glory in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. Robert, thank you again for joining us. This has just been the highlight of my week. So much fun to be with you and, and just to, to talk about who God is, what he's doing through this season to encourage each other and build each other up and, and share some keys for getting through this, this odd season that we're in. So thank you again for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. And I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on Real Truth with Ruth. You know, we need a firm foundation, fully grounded, on unashamedly on the word of God. And that's why we dive into this. That's why I do these podcasts. So I want to invite you to share this. We want, we want to spread the word. We want others to grow and to be able to connect with ministries that are on target with the word of God and with what God's doing in this time. And, and just really, again, encouraging each other and building each other up to be the, the people that God has called us to be, because as we rise up to that as individuals and step into it, then we step into it as as churches, as corporations, as bodies, we become a force to be reckoned with for the kingdom of heaven. So again, thank you for joining us uh, for Real Truth with Ruth. Again, please share it. And also you can do me a favor and subscribe, rate and review also. So again, thank you. God bless everyone. Remember you are dearly loved. You are cherish you are a son or daughter of the living God, the most high God, stand up tall, put your head up high, walk in that authority that the Lord has for you. Everything in your past doesn't determine your future. He holds it. We just have a responsibility to step into the fullness of who God's called us to be. Again, thank you, everyone. I'll see you next time. Be so blessed. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. 
We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.